did you do the best you could? And uh-huh. she goes, well, I thought that I did. And I said, well, look at it. Do you think it's the best? And she goes, no. I looked her dead in her eyes. I said, remember, Hillary, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. Do you think you should do it again? And she goes, I think you just shocked my soul right now. <laughs> Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. Welcome back. I wasn't done. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I am, if you didn't notice when you pulled up the Push Podcast, that I am Eddie Copeland. Um, So pompous. Is that pompous? A little bit. Oh. I don't even know. People should know who I am. Yes. No, it is like. Who are you, a royal? Have you listened to a podcast that you didn't know who was talking? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, a then I times. guess we can continue to do, yeah. introduce ourselves. We say this every <laughs> single episode, so. All right. I have what in the world. Okay. All right. So my what in the world is this. So I, I was not aware about this, and I'm curious if you were, but Microsoft built the most quietest place on earth. Mm. It Where is, is it? I don't know. It's in some building <laughs> in Microsoft world. Okay. Uh, I don't know exactly where it's at, but that doesn't really matter. Okay. But the crazy thing is this, it, is that it is negative 30 decibels. So to give context, you can hear breathing at about 10 decibels, right? But this room has the ability, the way it's designed to absorb all sound. Mm-hmm. So what they're saying is, is that right now, no one has been able to stay in that room for more than 55 minutes. Okay. Why? Because- it throws you off. So, so one, it's a room. It's a room. It's not a building. It's not a place. It's you a, said they it's built a room. A, okay. It took them years to build. And then um, basically, it's so quiet that you can hear your bones shifting and moving. And you can hear things in your body that really, I guess, throws you off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I, you know, basically, you go crazy. And the crazy thing is that it's so quiet that there's no reverberation. Reverbation is what they're calling Reverbiation. it. Reverbiation. Reverbiation, sorry. Uh-huh. That it sabotages your, your built-in spatial awareness, so you lose your balance. So they built this to what, harm their employees? I, I don't know. No, they, they built it just because it was an experiment, and they wanted to to build a room. It took um, years. And it took years, and so they're using it to do all kinds of research. But the crazy thing is, is that most people find the absence of sound deafening and feel a sense of, of fullness in their ears and some ringing. Uh, very faint sounds become clearly audible be- uh, because the ambient noise is so exceptionally low. So you basically hear, like it turns your brain around. Like it's like all like jacked up. And I thought that is so crazy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, could I like challenge myself to be in there for longer than 55 minutes? But I guess no well, one has been able to. What do you think this is? The Hunger Games or Squid Games? Yeah, but just imagine being in a place so quiet 
that you hear your bones shifting and moving and you hear your internals. Don't move. Right. No, but you don't have to move. Mm-hmm. It's like it's so quiet in there. You, Your brain, basically you're listening. All you hear is what's your body in, your functioning. Body functioning. That's crazy. Mm, I want to see it. I need it thoroughly explained. You need, I just yeah. explained it to you. I know, but I, I need to know more. Okay. What do you need to know? <laughs> I don't know if I need to read the article myself. I don't know. Oh my God. You're pretty geeked about this, but I think I, I, just I need more was really context. In, I just thought it was really interesting is, is that it's that quiet. And because it's so quiet, it, it can throw you off. And I never thought about something being so quiet that you can you hear your bones moving and shifting and you, you hear your breathing, you hear so your digestive system right. so operating. So you want to experience that. I would want to experience that. Mm. Or I would want to say like, oh yeah, that... I could not do it. And so I guess people are in there and they and they literally can go crazy because it's so quiet. It. I don't think I'm going to go crazy. I think that I don't think I, they I was, think my they thought are process either. is if you get a monk and you say just go in there and meditate, uh-huh. would they be able to meditate for cuz you know monks can meditate mm-hmm. you know for hours, right? Days. Could you meditate in there for longer than an hour? Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious if that's the case. So mm-hmm. I thought that was that was an interesting thing. Why don't you just try sleeping with earplugs for a night? Because <laughs> that is not the same. It kind of is, though, because I sleep with earplugs because you snore. And sometimes it's too quiet. So, like, I kind of understand. Sometimes it's too quiet for me. So, I have to pull the earplugs out a little bit just to hear a little bit about, like, the world. Yeah. Because if not, it's like, I'm sure you only hear your this head is and like- your breathing and your. A thousand times. I'm sure, quieter. but I'm giving you a pre-experiment before you go commit to this thing that's going to make you go crazy. Yeah, but just know there's a place in the world that's called the quietest place in the world. If you Google it, but you don't know where it's at. It's it's somewhere. Is it on a Microsoft campus? Yeah, it's like the corporate a office campus. It's not somewhere that they like taking. You don't have to tickets. raise your voice at me. <laughs> it's not like you can buy tickets to go. It's like well, so you they want, wrote an article about it. I thought mm-hmm. it was interesting. Scientists so create the quietest place on earth. And create a chamber where you can hear your blood move. But think uh, about that. Yeah, that's oh, that's compelling. Yeah, you can hear your. You blood didn't move. tell me that. Oh, well, because you were you had oh such an opinion God. about it. So whatever, you can't go because you are just such a skeptic. About I have my earplugs. I don't need to go. <laughs> but what, and I don't want to do, do anything. Do you think your blood sounds like into... a like a rush of like fluids? Like mm, I don't think it sounds like a crashing do river. Do you think it sounds bubbly, or do you think it sounds like a fluid motion? I have no clue, but right, I well, don't want to put myself in a situation where like, oh, people could go crazy here. Yeah, yeah. don't sign me up. I don't know why. Like that's what I'm trying to see. Is it your competitive nature that's like, yeah, oh, they 100%. said only fifty five. Uh, minutes. He said, after a number of minutes, you begin to hear your own heartbeat, obviously. Well, your heart's then, really slow. And so. then um, stick it out a little longer and you'll hear your own blood flowing and your bones grinding. So that's why that. you don't have to move. And that's... Um, Just so we're clear, that sounds fun to you? It's... Yeah, yeah. Well, that's on your bucket list. It's not on mine. But it... it so what it made me think about is, like, is how much... We rely on sound, mm-hmm. like in itself, to just function. Otherwise, too much quiet is harmful or disorienting. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought that, that was really interesting. I never thought about that at all. I never gave it two seconds of the mm-hmm. thought of like 
hey, I need all these buzzings and clicks and, cl and yeah. bings and all kinds of stuff. This light right here buzzes. It drives me insane. Every time we record a podcast and it says push podcast in the back, I hear this ringing noise. It's like I'm a dog. Okay, so you can't go into the room because you can't even handle a little it buzzing. It drives me nuts. They said you're going to, if you have... Um, Ring, you'll hear ringing in your ears. Mm -hmm. I know some people struggle with mm -hmm. ringing in ears, My but you, I guess we all have it. Mm -hmm. If it's quiet enough, like that will be it's something loud. that, yeah, that drives Yeah, you. I don't want to go crazy. I don't want to go. Yeah. I'm sorry, honey. You're going to have to do that alone. Yeah. But like you said, they don't sell tickets. And you there's no go. echo. You can't go. So you can yell. Get over it. You can't, you can't go. You can't hear yourself. That would be freaky. <laughs> you, ah, just like, just, it's That's just a like horror screaming. movie. Yeah. I don't right. want to go. So that was my what in the world. Do you have any what in the world? I don't um, think anything tops that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. What? I went, um, we took a pottery class this weekend. Yeah. Jordan and I went to that pottery studio and we signed up to do, they gave us clay mm -hmm. and we were supposed to make food. Like, and then we could paint it, whatever. So her and I decide we're going to make a ramen bowl, a right. two dimensional ramen bowl. And the lady that was the instructor comes over, picks up some tools and starts like smoothing out like something that we had intentionally put texture on. And she goes, oh, yeah, this is great, but you might want to do this. That's I like to do this. And literally I was like, what is she doing? Mm. Like, And so she finally like we have to tell her, oh, sorry, we actually <laughs> wanted it to look like that. And she was like, oh, OK, well, carry on. <laughs> and it was you. kind rude and i sat back and jordan goes i thought this was a do-it-yourself class right. like why is she over here touching our like artwork right and I, th I just thought it was kind of funny nothing big but like you know you're in an art class mm -hmm. you're supposed to be kind of childlike and using your imagination and then the instructor comes and like fixes something that we Digital intentionally creating, creating, did and yeah. i just find that interesting and i guess the what in the world that i have is kind of associated with doing something new. So when we went to the pottery class the other night, we brought my sister Jessica. And before our class started, they let us walk through the studio. And you can see some of the beginner pieces yeah. and some of the more advanced ones. And my sister's like, oh, yeah, we're totally going to make stuff better than this, right? I oh. said, hold on. I heard, I can't remember where I heard it, if it was a podcast or an artist, or I don't know if I read it, but they it was an artist saying... If you are trying something new, try to suck. Like, yeah. be okay with it not turning out great the first time because that means if you're expecting a great finished product, then you're not approaching it from a beginner's mindset. Mm. And you're not living like childlike mm. and tapping into your creativity. You're just going straight to perfectionism. Which takes away the fun. Takes away the fun. Yeah. And so I've been wanting to do this pottery class for years. And so I told my sister, like, I rebuke that. <laughs> I don't want anything perfect. Like, I hope it turns out nice, but I just want to have fun and play with the clay, right? right? And she's like, no, 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 no. Ours are going to look better than this. Wow. And so we go, we sit down, and it's me, Jordan, and Jessica. And sure enough, the first one I completely messed up on, and I had so much joy. Right. Because I was like, I'm doing something I've never done before. I told the instructor several times, this is more difficult than it looks, you know, like I've seen it done on Instagram, on movies. This is a lot more difficult. Not to mention, like, don't have nails and go take a pottery class. So I was really struggling and I destroyed my first piece and I Good found so you. much joy in it. Yeah. Let me my guess. sister. Who, who stressed out? 
<laughs> so my sister, who I love, does her first piece really good. She's right. feeling proud. It's beautiful. Second piece, she gets so angry and like messes it up. And we leave. And she's so full of anxiety and stressed out. And she's like, damn it, like just mad. Right. And I just thought it was so funny. So typical for my sister, right? Yeah. But we had a really good time. That's a huge lesson for people. Yeah. Like, I just think that as adults, one, we don't play very often. Right. We don't try new things um, very often, like, you know, whether it's like a pottery class or painting a picture. And I think we're just constantly programmed to like seek perfection. Yeah. And so what's interesting, because <laughs> this episode's about doing your best, mm -hmm. right? And so it really lines up with your intentions. But doing your best when you've never done something before, there shouldn't really be a lot of expectations. Right. If the expectation is to have fun, right. did you do if your it's best? Art, right. Yes. Uh -huh. But it was did you do your best to have fun? Right. Right. And I think you did. Okay. So wait, time out. Yeah. I'm gonna let you go. Jordan and I today make our ramen bowl. We were really proud of it. We come home, we show you, we're like, look what we made. And you go, is that your best? <laughs> and I was like, what a dick. It's a it's an art thing. Like, this is supposed to be fun. Is that your best? I mean, I guess considering we had no tools, I mean, then I got to make excuses for, and I said, nah, it's probably not our best word, Yeah, well, could but you, I love it. Do you think that you slacked at any point in effort? I think that we worked within a time period and we were trying to have fun and you, sir, are asking <laughs> me if we did our best and it wasn't a competition. No, it is not a competition, but it's more around like, did you do your best to have you, fun? Yes. To have fun. We and, laughed and a that's lot. All that matters. Apparently right? <laughs> not to you. No, because with like, your judgy ass. So the, the reason why this came up is, you know, I was reading this book and they're talking about the, the name of the chapter is Do Your Best. Uh -huh. Right. And so they tell a quick story, and the book is called um, Discipline is Your Destiny mm -hmm. by Ryan Holiday. So I mentioned it in the past podcast. Mm -hmm. So he talks, tells this quick story about the former president, Jimmy Carter, right? And so Jimmy Carter was a young officer in the Navy, and he was trying to get a spot on the Navy's nuclear submarine program. And so he was meeting with the Admiral Hyman Rickover. And so this guy was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And Rickover sounds like a funny name, right? But his name was Rickover. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just trying to get to the story. That's okay, all. I'm Rick trying over. to give some context. I know, all right, I'm listening. Okay, people, geez. So Rickover, so he's a big deal. So this guy, like in the 50s, like came up with the whole nuclear program for the submarines. And so he's a big deal. And so he's asking the former president all these questions. And he says, you know, how did you stand in your class at the Naval Academy, mm -hmm. right? And so I'm sure... You know, for folks that don't know, in Naval Academies and stuff like that, they have a total ranking of the class. So mm -hmm. there's 820 people in this class, and Jimmy Carter was 59th. Okay. And so he tells him I was 59th, and he was super proud about it. And so then the, the next question is, he says, but did you do your best? And so Jimmy Carter says, says, of course, quickly answers, and then stops and thinks about it, and he says, no. I didn't always do my best because mm -hmm. he was thinking about the classes that he kind of took, you know, took for granted, how he slacked from time to time. And then the the admiral responded, why not? Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a really profound thing. Like, it's a small thing. And the question that really got me was the why not piece. And so what I started to kind of spiral and think about is like how many people in this world that we live right now 
could they say that they the thing that they're doing, whether it be for work, relationships, whatever it is, mm -hmm. pottery class, are they doing their best? I think that that is subjective mm -hmm. in the sense that like every mom, like she's doing her best for the most part. Like, and it's so apparent we have to have memes and like, you know, Pinterest signs and stuff that say, don't worry, you're doing your best because moms are innately hard on themselves. Like they're naturally right. hard on themselves and we're trying to do too much. And so we have to be graceful with like, yes, you're doing a good enough job. It's good enough, right? So there's this fine line in like, what things should you be trying to do your best? Like if I'm trying to win a competition, I need to do my best. Right. If I'm trying to get promoted, I need to be better than everyone else. I need mm. to do my best. If I'm trying to have fun at an art class or a party, I don't have to really do my best. I just have to be present and like have fun, right? Yeah. So I think doing your best is like sometimes you should be focused on doing your best, but it's not always the case. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think it still comes down to what are your intentions? So if I go to a pottery class that I've never, ever done before, mm -hmm. right? You just I, want to be great. I'm just going to no. I'm just going to do the best I can to have a good time to be in the moment. Right, but right? is there a difference in I'm going to do the best I can to have a good time, and there I'm going to do the best I can to create an art piece? Well, I think that's what comes down to your motivation. Right. So the other part of this conversation is: Are you intrinsically motivated mm -hmm. or extrinsically motivated? Right, uh -huh. and so. In other means, like, are is there a motor inside of you that just says, "I'm seeking for my own fulfillment," or I want to? So, for Jessica's standpoint, I want to create something that looks ex better than everyone else's. Yeah. So that's an extrinsic motivation, mm -hmm. right? My motivation is to have a certain level of status amongst the other people who do mm -hmm. pottery that mine is regarded as the best. Because right. anytime, and this is really important for people to understand, anytime you say that you are the best at something, it's a comparison. Mm -hmm. You can't escape the comparison mm -hmm. nature that comes along with that, right? Right. Instead of it being, I'm doing the best thing I, I can do, mm -hmm. which I think that you <clears throat> went at, into it with because you knew where your skill level was. Mm -hmm. It wasn't going to be something that you can compare to someone else. It was gonna be something that you could only say that I put in effort to have a good time, that I put in effort to create something mm -hmm. amazing or mm -hmm. to your certain level. I think that's what's really it comes down to when it comes to doing your best in a lot of cases. Well, I think you took um there was a survey yeah. that said something about, you know, they polled a bunch of employees and only 35% of all employees say that they actually 34. go to work and do their best. Yeah, so this is a su survey for Gallup and Gallup's surveys and said the question basically is is doing what you do best. And so out of all the employees in the United States, 34% say that they do their best. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that is crazy. Right. Because I can tell you just in the, the small amount of people I know, people want a lot. Mm -hmm. They want More raises. Money, they, they want, want they benefits, want a successful they business. Want they off, want, they yeah. want all these different things. Mm -hmm. But if, if this is, is somewhat accurate, which I believe it to be, mm -hmm. that means that only 70% of people, 70% of people don't give it their all. Right. Well, I think that this is a controversial topic. I'll give you an example. We want to earn more money. We want a yacht one day. We want all of these things. Do you think that we do our best to adhere to a budget? No. Right. Right. 
So then you're a loser. <laughs> you're a loser. You're not doing your best. You're part of the 70%. Oh, right. Right. Um, people say that. But that's know, not, that's a different thing. So no, it's not. It's not. It, it is because it's not the the 70%. What I'm saying is people who are out there doing a job that they're supposed to do <clears> and they are saying to themselves, no, I am not doing my best. Only 34% can say I'm doing my best. Right. Right. So, so I'm not saying that everything in every aspect of your life, you're going to say, hey, I, I do my very best. Uh -huh. Right. And I think that those are moments where like the Jimmy Carter thing, where you have a self-realization and you say, <laughs> I can do better. Right. Right. Well, people say, you know, give your 100% effort, give 100% effort in everything that you do. Now, I don't make my bed with 100% effort. If right. I did, I'd wash the sheets every other day. Like, I right. just, I don't do that, right? right? But my point to you, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate, is there's a lot of things we don't do our best. 100%. Period. Yeah. And so the point of this episode is if you're trying to get promoted, if you're trying to get recognized at work, if you're trying to do a good job with your business, if you're trying to grow in a certain area, mm -hmm. that requires a certain amount of effort and a level of commitment to put your best foot forward, right? Right. I'm thinking of the small business owners that we coach and mentor that are like, holding on by a string because when you start a business, there's so much to do. Right. I have to post regularly on social media, which means I have to make stuff regularly, which means I also have to try to find customers so that way I can, you know, make some money to pay for the stuff that I have to make. I have to go shopping. I have to build a website. I have to get good at copy. I have to get good at sales. And the truth is you can't be really great at all of that. Right. But, but you can still be doing your best. Right. That's the thing. But you're still not giving, you can't give everything 100% is what I'm saying. You can't give everything 100% all the time. But the thing that you're doing in the moment, you can give it all you have. Okay. And so I think that regardless of the outcome, so like in the Jimmy Carter story, regardless of the outcome of him being 59th or first or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be, the question is, is did you always give it your best at that particular thing, regardless of the outcome? And so the reason why that's so important is because, you know, we live in an age where people are struggling with depression and anxiety. And a lot of this is tied to that mm -hmm. because when you don't have something that you find fulfillment in when you can't say, hey, you know, this thing that I'm doing, whether it be starting my business, whether it be, you know, working at a grocery store, like if you can't find the intrinsic motivation to say, hey, I'm going to make it meaningful, the things that I do to do my best, mm -hmm. then you never get that feeling of gratification, of self-worth, because you're never proud of yourself. Yeah. Okay, two things. Okay. Bring me back to Lululemon when okay. I'm done. But before I get there, speaking of the Jimmy Carter thing, it kind of reminds me of that show that you had us watch last night <laughs> called Physical 100. It's a Korean show. Literally the whole, like it's in Korea. Right. They're all Korean. They're using like translators to talk over it, right? And this first challenge starts with 100 people. This contraption comes down from the ceiling. And there are a bunch of bars. And the first physical challenge is that people have to hold on to the bar for as long as they can. And then when they drop, they drop into this like water pit. Right. right. And so people were dropping like after 30 seconds. Do you think those people did the best that they could? It's I don't know. A challenge. I, I, I think it, it's it, to your point, it's individualized. Right. But I will say as we watched it, 
the people that paid little attention to the other people mm-hmm. lasted longer. Right. Because I think that that's when you're looking at saying, how long can I stay on this bar mm-hmm. versus how long do I need to stay on here to beat this person? I'm going to tell you right now, I haven't swung on the monkey bars in a really long time. If my life depended on holding up my entire body weight just by like a grip of my hands, I'm not going to last very long. Right. I'm, I'm Some just Some people fell in like 30 seconds. Yeah, I was like, that, that is me. not your best. <laughs> it's going to be me. You. I'm going to try my best, but I'm, I'm just, I know my fingers are not very strong. But if you knew that you had to hold on for five minutes to save my life. Yeah, I'm going to tell you you'd be dead. Because oh there's God. no way that I could hold my body weight on a bar for five minutes. Okay, if my, if life, my entire if, if family life were- and the children, there's no way that I could hold. I need people to help me. Who else is listening to this? There's no way. Just, okay. First of all, they were getting crafty on the show, like putting their arms yeah, over the bar. Yeah. I could do that. Like if my, hey, the livelihood and survival of my family comes down to that, I'm going to suck it up. They were digging into their arms yeah. and it looked painful. You don't think you would. I could you, do you, that. You think, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <clears throat> what I'm saying is if the game was to only hold on by your fingers, your hands, I'm sorry. I believe dead. in you. I, I don't. I, I don't. I think you could. I think you no could way. last. If our lives, if we're like, you know, holding on on a monkey bar your entire weight for five minutes, absolutely not. You couldn't do that. Uh, yeah, hey, you, you couldn't do it. You don't know what you're. We're gonna go to the park as soon as <laughs> okay. this is over. I'm, yeah, we're gonna get. On I'm just telling you, bars. you'd be dead. No way am I. And I would be doing my best. Okay. But I would know the moment they told me, "Hey, we're gonna start this clock," that you guys were gonna die. Period. <laughs> no way I could hold on for five minutes. Well, okay. Well, I thought you had more belief in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Back to doing your best. We were talking about customer service in the previous episode. Yeah. And after my situation at Zara, I was trying to waste time at the mall and take care of stuff because Jordan had some auditions. That's an example right there. My daughter is trying to audition to get into college. She showed up. She was prepared. She was well rested. She Mm. ate. She went to the bathroom like she did everything she needed to do to be fully prepared to give it her best for that audition. Right. As a result of that, she was probably in the top three. Yeah. Out of 15 kids. That's great. right? Right. So meanwhile, after my 47 minute wait at Zara. I go to another store, Lululemon. I need to buy a jacket. I'm flying out to go to the East Coast. There was a specific jacket I was hoping they had. They had one jacket in the whole store. It happened to be my size. And I was like, perfect, because your mom gave me a $100 gift card for Christmas. Can't wait to use it. And I'm going to couple that with the $50 gift card I already have. So I didn't realize that when she gave me the gift card, you know how when you get a gift card from the grocery store and sometimes it's like in that cardboard kind of like you can hang it on the peg so i rip it thinking that there's a card in there but the gift card inside was also cardboard so i ripped the whole shit in half Mm. so i go to pay and i say hey i just ripped this in half and she goes oh sorry you're gonna have to call customer service for that and i go nah i don't think you understand there's a hundred dollars on this gift card I'm putting it together it's in two pieces literally it all if do you have tape because i can tape this and Mm -hmm. she goes yeah, we can't take it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Why? 
Why? Right. And she said, oh, just we can't take it. You're going to have to call customer service and, you know, they'll send you another one. And I go, well, I don't want another one. I just want to use the money. Long story short, it turns into this hour long process because I say, well, this is the jacket that I need for tomorrow. And this is the money that I have on this gift card. Like, can you help me? My point is she didn't do the best job she could to help me because she didn't want to. Well, like there was no workaround. It was just like call customer service. Right. But it's possible that she did do her best. Maybe. (laughs) I bet she would say she did. Right. But it wasn't like a. I understand how inconvenient this must be. This is super frustrating. Unfortunately, like my system, blah, 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 blah. There was no like, let me try to find a workaround or like explanation. What do you think would have happened if you would have said, can I just ask? Are you doing your absolute best to try to come up with a solution here? I think that's a legitimate question that you should be asking people in the service industry. Are, you, are Let me ask you a question. Yes. Are you doing the best that you can right now to help me with this problem? I think people would be really taken aback by that. Yeah. I mean, you know what? We should start just go, you know what, people, this is what we're going to do. For the next like, couple, two weeks, mm-hmm. we're going to give you updates on every time we interact with people. We're going to ask them that question. Okay. Are you are, are you doing your, your very best with this? I think that question would get that person to, to quickly reflect. Like, you may have to ask I it twice. Think so. I think they'd be really pissed if you No, but them. if you ask them twice, because the first time they're going to say, yes, ma'am, I am. They say, no, really. Like, are you really doing your best to make this happen for me? It would really, I think it'd be one of those things where people have to dig a little bit deeper because I do think it's something where you have to be reminded. Yeah. Like, you know, I think that it's one of those things where we can get in cruise control. We can think of like, you know, we don't think of all the resources and all the options and things mm-hmm. of that nature. We just kind of <laughs> go into this place of, yeah, I'm doing my best. Like, this is, this yeah. is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I I'm supposed to say. I got one for you. Yeah. So I had an employee, Hillary Scusa. Okay. She used to work for me back in the day when I was a manager for Circuit City. She years later resurfaced and I hired her to work at the bakery. She was in between jobs. And so I was like, yeah, this is a customer service gig, whatever. And my manager, the manager that ran the bakery, taught her like this is the cleanup process for when we close because mm. Hillary was doing customer service. But you have to wipe down the counters. You've got to clean out the case. You've got to mop the floors, whatever. So Destiny kept complaining to me that Hillary wasn't doing a very good job. Right. And so one night I closed with Hillary and I said, hey, did you mop this floor? And she goes, yeah. And I said, did you do the best you could? <laughs> and I, I literally just like, I was so inquisitive. Right. I said, did you do the best you could? And she goes, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, look at it. Do right. you think you did the best you you could? And uh-huh. she goes, well, I thought that I did. And I said, well, look at it. Do you think it's the best? And she goes, no. And I said, remember Hillary. I looked her dead in her eyes. I said, remember Hillary. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. Do you think you should do it again? And she goes, I think you just shocked my soul right now. (laughs) And she said that it stuck with her forever. Wow. Because I was like, bro, like you're you're rushing through this, trying to hurry and get out of here. But how you do one thing is how you do everything. So like don't half ass it and then try to pawn it off as a good job. Right. And so that really stuck with her. And I think that you're right. We do need more people to kind of hold us accountable from a place of love, from a place of compassion, from a gentle reminder of, I think you can do better. And I think that that is like on the kind of the deeper level of that is like, you know, 
when you are interacting with people, you see their potential probably yeah. more clear than they see their own potential. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you have to like challenge and, yeah. and, and put things out there so that they can tap into a different level. Otherwise, I think people will give you what they think is good enough. Yeah. And I think that the, the question that was like I was mentioning the why not is that when I talk to people and I think about their effort and I think that I've heard a lot of times people say certain things are not my job or oh, this is this is not something that's serious for me. You know, and we in our past, because leaders, we've had people who were part time who go to school and all those kind of things. And we constantly have that conversation. Mm -hmm. I know that we've talked about this a lot where it's not a switch. Yeah. Like if you don't condition yourself to do things with a certain level of excellence or do your mm -hmm. very best. You think when you get into your career or the thing you love that you're going to bring that effort with you. Mm -hmm. Work ethic is something you learn how to do. How it's you do not, one thing right. is how you do it. It's everything. not something that just like all of a sudden switches Kicks on <laughs> because what ends up happening is no matter what, whether you're starting a business, you're in a love of career or you're even our, our kids in acting, the part that you love you do very little of. Yeah. It's the process and the working hard and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff that you do more often. And so things that people think that they are like, oh, as soon as I get to this, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to be so energized every single yeah. day. No, it's going to feel like work. Well, it's kind of like that's why they say you shouldn't win the lotto because if you win the lotto and you come into money, you're just going to be more of the same person you were. Mm. So if you were irresponsible with your money to begin with, now you just have more of it to be irresponsible with right. and you'll very quickly wind up with no money, right? right. So that kind of leads me back to, I think we should end there. We're not creating this podcast or talking about this because we're doing our best at everything we should be doing. We know we could be better at managing money. We know we could be better at uh, dedicating, you know, more time to the push podcast, let's just say. Right. And I get on you about that all the time, right? right. And so I think you got to have supporters that care about you, that can hold you accountable. But I think you have to be real with yourself. Like if I say that I'm in pursuit of something, I must show up and give it my all. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that is super important that I think we, people should understand is I think you have to find out whether you are an intrinsic motivated person or an extrinsic motivated person. And I think the reason why that's so important is because, you know, one of the things it says here is that I thought from this research, it says when you're extrinsically motivated, it can lead to negative outcomes and a decrease uh, in well-being and increased stress mm -hmm. because you are relying on someone outside of yourself to validate the things that you're doing. And in some cases, that's just reality, mm -hmm. right? Wh whether it be your career, you know, you do certain things, you need someone to notice so that it helps you in your career aspirations and to get promoted. But when you are like, for example, a good question is, this is a question that we'll put in the, in the questionnaires. I perform tasks to receive praise and recognition from others. Would you say that you are yes on that or not so important? I perform tasks to receive praise. Yeah. You think I want to cook dinner for you every night? Of course I cook dinner. So that way you could be like, babe, this is really good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But don't you cook dinner because <laughs> I never thought that you. Because I have to. Yeah. But I also like I'm going to do a good job mm -hmm. because I want you to be like, this is really good food and I appreciate okay. it. All right. Uh, what about this? Um, I take on challenges because they help me grow. Mm, I take on challenges because I want to make more money. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> no, which yeah. one is it? Well, there's a lot. I take doing on it for money is different. Is different yeah. than doing it because I'm going to grow. Obviously, I take on a challenge because I want to become someone. I'm mm -hmm. reading a freaking book that's not the most entertaining because I want to become something. So yes. Okay. And then let's let's try this one. I do things because I, they allow me to express my creativity. Yes, pottery, which is why I don't have to do my best to beat everybody in the class. Yeah. So I we'll put this in here, but basically we, we put together some questions that are you know on one end it's intrinsic mm -hmm. and on the other end it's extrinsic. Okay. Right, and so it's really breaking down whether. Uh, you know, you rely on the outside forces to really motivate you. So this idea of motivation to do your very best, where does it come from? Uh, and I think that certain things people internalize and they identify as like, this is something I just want to do for me. Mm -hmm. And then I think some folks um, do it because I want to, people to see how great I am at something. Mm, it's kind of like a boob job. Like I'm doing it for me. I want to have big boobs for me. So my confidence are there is there. Or it's Correct. debatable because maybe I got big boobs because I wanted the opposite sex to notice. Yeah, and this is important because I think that when you do something like that and you're doing it because I want to get noticed, uh -huh. that can Extrinsic. be a, yeah, that can be a dangerous place. Yeah, right. Because what if you don't get noticed? Mm -hmm. What if you you know you're falling in line with other people with big boobs, mm -hmm. right? And so, <laughs> so you know you got and and now there's like oh yeah you too many big did, boobs yeah exactly yeah. so like but those things I think is super important I think people need to ask themselves that because what is leading to I think a lot of um, poor mental health is that we're relying on the external world to give us something mm -hmm. that we need mm -hmm. that what we need to find is within ourselves, right? And so I'm not saying there's anything wrong with intrinsic motivations. I think that people who want to find status and career, I want those things. Mm -hmm. People who want to increase their 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 worth or their, uh, their wealth is an extrinsic thing as well. Um, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. I think that those things are all right. It's the, pro the problem I think people run into is that that becomes the be all end all. Yeah. Right? And so I think that those things that need to be intrinsic that keep you happy and well. What are you doing your best at right now? Um, I think I I show up for work yeah. doing my best. I think and, so. You know, I think do I, can I say, you know, 100% of the time, I mean, there's some of them days that am I slightly distracted? Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, you know, when I'm aware of those things, I, I quickly snap into gear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you? I think I'm doing my best to make sure that we're spending the right amount of time with Jordan, like yeah. preparing her for college and being her, here for her, not taking off too much. Um, like I want to spend time with friends and travel and do all the stuff, but I think I'm doing a really good job of like right now I want to be present yeah. for her because that's the season we're in. So can yeah. I say I'm doing the absolute best I can with work? No. Right. But I, I don't think that that's the most important thing at this moment. Right. And I think that that's not, I don't think it's, those are the things, we, you know, and we can have a whole other conversation about that, but there's a difference between like us, that you're being very intentional mm -hmm. and saying, hey, I'm being purposeful, purpose driven in this particular aspect mm -hmm. of my life because it needs my attention. Yeah. And to your point, it would be very difficult for you to say, I'm doing 100% here and 100% here and 100% yeah. here. And I think that that is probably unhealthy, yeah. right? And like so I when think- When I come back from New York, I want to give 100% to like getting in shape physically yeah. and health wise, because my birthday's coming up. 
I'm frightened to say that because it kind of is conflicting with like, if I take Jordan away for the weekend, I don't want to be on a diet. I want to be able to eat the sourdough bread bowl with soup in it in San Francisco. Right. Right. So like the, the reason I'm not being a hundred percent at my diet and my fitness is also because of the thing I am being good at. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that, can make you crazy a little bit, <laughs> it, which it's making me crazy. Like, well, but I think I think when it, when it comes down to like doing your best, it's like when you are it at the gym, you give it everything oh, you 100%, got, right? And yeah. you're not slacking, right? Yep. And when you are with family, you are a hundred percent present. And so I think you can ease that kind of craziness by just like focusing on the moment and saying, yeah. "This is what I want to do," and then preparing yourself as much as possible to be able to do that really well Mm -hmm. right and so i think that that is the difference yeah right and so so this is just an interesting conversation i thought that we should have and you know we'll put a little uh survey in here so that you can kind of see how you're motivated i think motivation is a big key in um you know in life all right thank you for this enlightening conversation all right i hope you all enjoyed it have a good one you guys all right push through next time Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.